No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. I'm Drew Mandel, and I love you. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we welcome you to the Illegal Curve post-game show. So, Ezzy, I know you're a wrestling guy. Did you like my brother love impersonation there, or should I just stick to being a, a mediocre YouTube host? Oh, no, no, no. You're definitely not mediocre, Drew. I didn't pick up on the dude love reference. You know not, that I love... Brother uh, love. Brother love. Not dude oh, brother love. love. What's brother, brother love? love? Dude love. Ezzy, dude, dude love is the guy you went up against in the progy eating contest. <laughs> no, dude love was uh, Mick Foley, man. Uh, no, I don't know who, who's brother love. You don't know who brother love was? You remember? Oh, brother love. Oh, yeah, the guy that had the... Uh, the uh, he was the first Undertaker's manager, right? Right. Sorry, I should say that again. That was Undertaker's first manager, yeah. and he had the uh, red face paint. Yes, because he like and the he white suit. He was portraying like a Southern Baptist yes. Uh, yes. preacher. So that right. was my impersonation, uh, and you know, of a Southern Baptist preacher. I like I like that, Drew, because that's like you're going back to like the early '90s when right. we were like 10 years old. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like that reference. Thank you. Right. So I thought I, I'm good. surprised yeah. you didn't pick up on that. I guess I'm not wearing enough makeup. I'll have to add a little bit of rouge uh, during the uh, during the uh, commercial break, and then we'll come back and do it again. In any event, gentlemen, happy Valentine's Day to all our friends in the chat and those who are joining us on the podcast. We say a happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with your loved ones and us as your loved ones as well. We are here on this Tuesday evening to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. 3-2 victors over the Seattle Kraken for the first time this year in the shootout. The Jets uh, have gone to the shootout. And what a riveting shootout that was. Don't you just love the shootout, guys? Like, I was watching that third period in overtime thinking, like, I really wish we saw a shootout. It's just the most exciting part of hockey. Uh, it certainly isn't the most exciting. I, I'm, my sarcasm meter is uh, going off a little bit, but nonetheless, you know, uh, nonetheless, it did go to a shootout. Thankfully, only for the first time this year for the Winnipeg Jets, and they are victorious, pulling it off. Deke Shifley was sick. I'll say that much. Beautiful. Yes, that was an absolutely beautiful deke. Uh, beautiful hands in tight there. Uh, Shifley, uh, I guess, proving to be the game winning. Beautiful hands as well, Drew. I know that you you, uh, you gave up a career as a, a hand model. Um, to pursue other interests, but you do have nice soft hands. Exactly. You know, I was a master of my own, a master of my domain, and then uh, things happened, unfortunately. But uh, nonetheless, yes, I have, do have beautiful hands, well manicured uh, nails, as, as you can see, no doubt, uh, yeah, no dirt. as well. No dirt, no, 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 dirt. Uh, no, no. Long well moisturized, got to keep yep. them nice and fresh during this dye, this dry time of the season here uh, in Winnipeg. Wow, this has gone off the rails even faster than we really would have thought. So, Dave, hey, you're back. You're alive. Welcome back after your eight-week trip to Vegas. How was that for you? Well, boys, we're broke. We have no more money left in, uh, in the Illegal Curve bank account, so uh, we might have to restart some of the uh, donation, to the telethons, if you will. Sorry, I bet it all on black, uh, That, as you can see from the colors I'm wearing. And yeah, we're broke. We have no money left, so uh, we'll have to start a new might have to start doing three, four of these shows a week just to recoup. It's okay, Dave. I was, my whole my entire 30s, I've been broke. So, I mean, that's not yeah. really any change. I'm yeah, good. we're just returning. We're returning you to your roots, Ezzy. So, uh, Drew, as a millionaire here, you know, unfortunately, you're going back to some some uh, times you probably haven't experienced. But we're going to take that silver spoon right out of your uh, out of your mouth and 
and you're going to put you to work. But no, Vegas was good. Had a good time. Uh, but it's good to be back as well and, and ready to to get crack a lacking and, and start to, you know, I'm still was still doing some some remote uh, coverage, of course, of the Jets. I saw Ezzy. I got to give Ez. I know you did it on the postgame show, but mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance yet. So I'm going to give Ezzy huge kudos for uh, for jumping on and doing the show, the hosting gig on his own on Saturday. Not easy. I can't take any credit. I mean, it, it was all Jim Toth and the chat. I mean, the chat really uplifted me. They motivated me. So I got to give the, the, all of the credit to the chat. But, uh, you know, no, jo- all joking aside, I mean, you know, I, I, I learned how tough it is in this new format to, uh, you know, you're running the chat, the commercials, everything like that. So it was fun, but uh, we know that Drew's job is safe. Thank you. That's uh, I'm humbled to to get that kind of compliment from you, uh, from you gentlemen. Uh, look, the this is the, you know the Jets obviously returned to action on Saturday against the Blackhawks, but this sort of felt like the first real you know yes. challenge uh, since the All Star break. And you know, all disrespect intended to the Chicago Blackhawks because that's sort that of that was a uh, practice yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah, it's, it's mostly <laughs> against JV. This was you know the Seattle Kraken and the Jets have played. This is the third game this year. They've played three very entertaining hockey games, and that's another what we saw tonight. You know, this was a, a well-played hockey game, I thought, by, by and large. A couple of the goals, of course, were a little bit fluky. But, you know, the, these, each team got a fluky goal. So yeah. They had determined, it determined anything in the game. But I thought this was a, a game played with a fair bit of speed, a little bit of back and forth. You know, I, I don't think either team is disappointed uh, with their performance tonight. I say that from the Kraken perspective. I think that at times they were on their heels. But then they pushed back well against the Jets, particularly, I thought, sort of in the latter halves of the first and, and, and the second period, uh, the Kraken pushed on the Jets. And the Jets certainly started the game strong. And the Jets had a lot of good aspects to their game, particularly the penalty, penalty kill, where they kill mm-hmm. off six minutes of penalties in the first period. By and large, this was an entertaining hockey game that I thought the, most people who were in attendance got their money's worth. And those of us who are watching from the comforts of our own couches certainly got their money's worth as well. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that stands out about this Kraken team, who's obviously going to make the playoffs, yeah. is their special teams need a ton of work, right? Like they're like you mentioned that the Jets were really good on the penalty kill. So it's not like, you know, we're not giving credit to the Jets here, but, you know, the Kraken, I think heading into this game, boys, they were like one for 17 or or one for 18. So obviously that dates back to prior to the All-Star break, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's one thing that, you know, you could point to this Kraken team is, it's there. It's not like a, a Oilers with McDavid and Drysaitel, or the Penguins with Crosby and Malkin, or the Jets for that matter, who have one of the best top six in the league, right? Like it's like a, a bunch of really good second and third lines mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Love Morgan Geeky's game, by the way, and his family in the crowd. We'll get to you know that goal a little bit later, but you're absolutely right, Drew. The first period was largely controlled by the Jets, and you're sitting watching that game, and you know the Kraken go up two one off of. One of those most ridiculous, uh, lucky bounce off of two skate goals I've ever seen. Um, but you know, it, look, the you know sometimes Philip Grubauer is is the difference, right? Mm-hmm. But like you're watching that game, the Jets were badly outshooting the Kraken, and I and I mean badly outshooting the Kraken in the second right. period. I think they had like one shot through the first seven or eight minutes or something like that, right? Um, so yeah, I mean the Jets really controlled this game, and I thought they had the Kraken on their heels for big, ch- you know, chunks of this game and. You know, I thought uh, the Kraken just were having difficulty with the Jets' speed, right? And, you know, clearly the line blender worked in the third period when you had Connor, uh, Ehlers, Connor, and Dubois reunited. And they were clearly, you know, they picked up right where they left off. And 
Lowry, Appleton, and Barron were really good. And then Manalainen got elevated to that line. And then Barron got elevated to the uh, Shifley line, right? It was Barron, Shifley, and Wheeler. So that had a, the, the intended effect. But I thought, you know, that line you saw Lowry took a really nice pass from Barron in the first period and had a really good scoring chance. Like you, you kind of got the feeling that, you know, that line was driving the team and they were going to get rewarded with a goal. But uh, yeah, for the most part, the Jets controlled five on five, Dave. And yeah, they allowed that power play goal, but it was a complete fluke. I mean, yeah. you, you could, we'll get into, you know, the minutia here, the minutia, but uh, <laughs> that Pierre-Luc Dubois penalty was stupid. I mean, yeah. and, and he makes up for it, right? Like he scores the game-winning goal in the shootout. So he makes up for it, but like that, that, uh, you know, play on, on Vince Dunn, you just can't do that. Well, it was just a, it was a, a play out of uh, a frustration. I mean, it was a frustration penalty and you get, and you know, you often will get called for those because the uh, referees can see that you're sort of on the verge uh, of doing something that's going to, you know, put you into the penalty box. And, and Pierre-Luc Dubois fell for that hook, line and sinker, Dave. But uh, to your point, as he ultimately, he redeemed himself, but you know, you talk about the five on five play and that's sort of where I wanted to focus to start this. You know, you don't see the jets typically dominate five on five as much as they did in tonight's game. Look at the possession numbers. This is five on five, 59% to 41%. That's sizable. I mean, and then that's sizable against any team in the NHL. Never mind a Kraken team, Dave. That's a pretty good hockey team. Expected goals, 3.35 to 1.85. The jets, played one of the better i think most complete games of recent memory uh in, in tonight's contest against another opponent that they can they won every period drew at five on right. five they won every single period and, and it's not but it's not against the blackhawks it's not against one of the the weaker teams this is against the team the seattle kraken that you know have, have surprised a number of people this year yeah, and that certainly are going to be in the running for the top spot in the in the Pacific Division. I mean, it's not inconceivable that this would be a Western Conference playoff matchup where you look at both of these teams uh, mm-hmm. where they are in the standings. So the Jets have a lot, I think, that they would be uh, pleased about when you look at the entirety of the sixty minutes of or sixty five minutes plus a shootout of tonight's game, yeah. Dave. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, Seattle came in here losing three of their last four games. Mm-hmm. They won their their last game uh, before this one against the Jets. Yeah, but they're still a very good road team. I think I wrote in the pregame uh, report they're seventeen and eight, seventeen and eight, I think, on the road. Yeah, and 17, so you've got two entering tonight's game, right? So you've got you're you're a very good road team, and and they've gotten it done away from from Seattle. So I mean, this is that's something the Jets had to factor in, and you know there was a lot of talk about that that idea that this was going to be a big test, you know, and like you said, they're not going to, they're not going to denigrate the the Blackhawks and say, well, that wasn't a real hockey club. And that wasn't a real tough test on Saturday night, but you knew that this was a game where they were going to, okay, we got to be ready. We got to be ready to go. And they were really were from that first. I mean, it was a little unusual. I mean, I, I don't know how they showed it at home, but the, the shot uh, count was very bizarre because it was like six, nothing for the jets. And then all of a sudden it became, Six one, and I'm like, that's weird. I didn't see the Kraken get a shot, but somehow they got a shot. And then it was like the Jets just dominated. Even after the Kraken had their th- you know three power plays, you know the three two minute power plays, I should say the one that obviously was the double minor. But the Jets just controlled it, like you said, Drew. I mean, they were it was it was not an ex- a particularly exciting game, like in the first period, I should say. The first period was slow, and even though the Jets held it, I didn't think that they had. Too many great A's. I mean, they had a few, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't. Inc- there wasn't anything that I was like, "Well, that was ridiculous." That Cole Perfetti had a nice chance mm-hmm. that he kind of created on his own, 
But again, like I said, it was one of those situations where you just thought, well, is Grubauer going to be able to kind of keep Seattle in this? Because right now that's the difference between I thought in the game was that he was keeping his club in it. So it, it was, it was a very good effort from, from a Jets club, mostly to not get frustrated also. Right guys. I mean, it's very easy to kind of, you're, you're dominating a team and you get out of it a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and instead the Jets didn't, they stayed within that framework and you, you, you know, you weren't sure how it was going to go. And like I said, going back to that idea of shots quickly, sorry, Drew, and then you can yeah. jump in, but well, it was just funny because so at one point it was six, nothing. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden it was six, one. And I'm like, I did. And then one of the, I think Judy Owen from the Canadian press uh, who sits near us next to us, sorry, said, uh, did you see when they got that shot? So then I went back on NHL.com. I checked and they awarded it to like a wrist shot to Brandon Tanev, like a minute and like 37 seconds into the game, even though it was like seven or eight minutes into the game and it was six, nothing. So they had gone back, adjusted it, but still, I mean, it was just, it was a little phantom, but even the shots at the end of the first period were 11, 11 in the building. And then all of a sudden the second period starts, it's 12, 10. <laughs> and then again, to start that second period, it was all Winnipeg, right? The Jets had Kraken mm-hmm. had one shot, I think to the Jets nine. So, I mean, it was a very good, but again, there wasn't much happening until that Blake Wheeler uh, goal kind of, open things up a little bit well you, you talk about you know the jets staying with it and i think that's something we shouldn't gloss over because as you say said it, drew stay in the fight say it well no i'm not gonna say stay in what the was fight. that 2018-19 when we heard that every was that the season yeah the stay in the fight season yeah. and then we heard it and then as he as he as he i think it was 18 19 and then not or what was 18 19 or was it 19 20 i think uh, it was 19 20 yeah it was, it was right. one of those it was one of those years but then it became like the whole like we gotta stay in the fight stay in the fight it was like okay and thank you, Lawrence. I did have a good time in Vegas. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is as the Jets were controlling the majority of the play, especially you know five on five to start the yeah. game, as we talked yeah. about, and then you got to touch on those two penalties because those two penalties could have altered this game significantly. Yeah. Dylan DeMello takes an inter- goaltender interference penalty at the ten. Because that's what you ex- mark. that's what you expect to see from Dylan DeMello is <laughs> him taking a goalie interference penalty. You'd look at that, you'd be wondering, was he interfering with his own goalie? What was happening there? Why is Am Dylan I the only DeMello person that thought that thought that was like a little bit of a soft call? Actually, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't actually, when I saw the read, my first impression is when I watched it was no, but DeMello went in and he did bump Grubauer. So I, I actually thought it was, uh, it was, it was okay. All right. In, in any event, so Fair enough. DeMello takes that interference penalty. So the, the shots were 10 to two at that point, Drew. So right? that was the whole thing. Saying. The Jets were controlling the play at five on five. So the DeMello penalty and then the Baron double high sticking minor, right? It, it put them on the PK for a big chunk of the second half of the of the first period, right? So which is what let Seattle sort of get back on into the game, you know, get it back into the flow of the game and maybe stifled a little bit of the Jets' momentum because of how well they had been playing up to that point. But the Jets don't give up anything on those on those six minutes of power play uh, of penalty killing time, uh, and you know, you got to talk about Adam Lowry's shift where uh, he you know has those couple blocks in a row that really yep. gets the crowd uh at the, at the arena in downtown winnipeg you know juiced up you know showing the effort i mean that's what penalty well, killing sorry i was just gonna say drew i i forget if it was the first minor or the second minor but you remember brendan dylan lost his stick well the and stick then adam played, lowry yeah. gave dylan his stick and then he so he was blocking shots without a stick right so and we all know how hard it is right to, to do that to block shots in general but so you're right i mean lowry i mean it's it's funny right like we talk about how many like, are there any superlatives left to describe Kyle Connor? Well, yeah, there are actually a lot. It's a, and it's the same thing with Adam Lowry on the penalty kill. Like, the guy's one of the – I think you could argue he is, like, he, it's one of the best penalty killers in the league. He really has become that. You know, the the effort – and I mean, that's what penalty killing by and large is. It oftentimes is 
effort and will and you got to see that on display particularly in that instance when like you said as he you know uh brendan dylan's stick i think it explodes on a, on a clearing attempt and, and then you know the forward is, is conditioned to give the stick back to the uh to the defenseman and then the opposition is conditioned to go after that forward without a stick to try and play off of him to try and use him and, and the fact he doesn't have that stick to their advantage and in this case lowry manages to do what you know do what we've seen him do so many times which is sacrifice sacrifice and sacrifice mm-hmm. and eventually getting the whistle on the jets eventually he was trying to impress his dad on the bench yeah <laughs> exactly his dad was probably thinking to himself god damn it sonny boy i'm proud of you most <laughs> of the time but not right now why can't you let one in in that instance but uh i just had to touch on that effort it won't get it you know otherwise we wouldn't really touch on it uh during the betway game recap but we might as well get to that it's brought to you by our friends at betway one of the most trusted voices in sports betting both in canada and all around the world betway is the sports betting app that puts you the customer at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds what are you waiting for head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly as we discuss zero zero uh after 20 minutes uh the jets controlling a lot of that first 10 minutes the kraken controlling a lot of that second 10 minutes in particular because of the uh, six minutes worth of power play time the jets do open the scoring 701 mark of the second period blake wheeler his 15th assist to Nikolai Ehlers. And there's been so much discourse about face-off wins and face-off wins and face-off wins. It's sort of ironic that this Jets goal comes off of a face-off loss. Uh, The Jets uh, lose the face-off pretty clean. And then it's just a soft play by Jamie Alexiak behind the Kraken net. Good play by Nikolai Ehlers as well, don't get me wrong. He intercepts what I'll call a a soft pass from Alexiak feeds it out to Wheeler, and then Wheeler, you know, he doesn't have the speed that he once had, but he's still got some pretty soft hands, and he showed them on display in beating Philip Grubauer to give the Jets the one nothing lead, As he, Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, this is just beautiful work by Nikolai Ehlers. It's a nice move by Blake Wheeler, but, yeah, I agree with you, Drew. It's funny that, you know, the, the face-off discussion, and that's, like, a perfect example of almost, like, that you want to lose the face-off if that's going to happen, right? And we haven't really got into it, and we always joke about, you know, the cliche about, you know, having an aggressive forecheck, but really it was the speed on the forecheck, and that's evident here, right? Like, he, it's just a poor pass uh, by Jamie Oleksiak to get it to, it was Will Borgen, if I'm not mistaken, his, his D partner, right? So Ehlers just picks it off, and and a beautiful pass to Wheeler, Dave, but, you know, and Wheeler just outweights Philip Grubauer, but... Uh, yeah, that was just like sloppy, you know, mm-hmm. passing in your own zone off of a face-off. But yeah, to me, you got to give Ehlers a ton of credit <clears throat> for picking the pass off. And then obviously Wheeler for making a nice little deacon out waiting Grubauer there. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, you touched on it. And I mean, yeah, to me, Alexiak's just got to be a little harder on that on that pass to Borgen. Uh, and now, you know, sometimes Nikolai Ehlers' speed sneaks up on people, Dave. And maybe he didn't expect Ehlers to get to where he got to as quickly as he did. But to me, it's a combination of a great play by by Ehlers and then that a bit of a soft play. And then... Well, to- you just don't make that, like, I like Jamie Oleksiak. I've always liked him. Sister, obviously, is an unbelievable uh, Olympian swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it, it's just, like, that's not a play you make when there's pressure on you. Like, you make that type of play if, you know, there's a lot of time and space. Like it was just it was just odd to me that that was such a soft uh, backhand pass from Alexiak to his D partner. Yeah. But give Wheeler's credit, right? Like he took advantage and you know he quickly got it to Wheeler and it was in the back of the net and the Jets had the one nothing lead. 
Miller time 1980 in the chat is saying that uh, the one of the Jets players called for the pass, sort of faking out Alexiak, uh, which which is you know part of the reason why the play turned out so poorly for him. Uh, I'll take your word for it, Miller time. I certainly uh, I, I I don't know if I heard that on my broadcast. Are we saying that Ehlers called for it? I, you can't, couldn't hear him. What Miller Time is saying is you couldn't hear specifically who it was, but that uh, you know, it would make that was, sense though if anybody it would else make sense did. that it would be either. Yeah, or, you know. I don't know. I don't know if somebody else called for the pass. How that would how that would impact what Jamie Alexiak was going to do. But it was just it was a it was a bad turnover by Alexiak. Yeah. Uh, but also you got to give credit to Ehlers for picking the pass off and and you know doing what he did right. So it was it was a nice call from uh, a couple of good friends. Exactly right. It was a very nice goal. Uh, Dave, the Kraken tie it up six minutes and 19 seconds later. It's it's John Hayden, his second of the season, assists to Strathclair, Manitoba's Morgan Geeky and Jamie Alexiak. So Alexiak giveth and then Alexiak taketh away. Uh, and it's just a really quick uprush here. And yeah. Nikolai Ehlers gets caught a little bit. Just, you know, he gets beat by by Hayden. You think that he's in good position. He's just not quite there. Um, I think it's Neil Pionk is pinching on this play, if I'm not mistaken. And, and he's back to the bench. Well, we, Wheeler coughs the puck up. Right. right? It's Wheeler coughs Wheeler, the puck Wheeler up. owned it. And that's why when the puck went in, he slapped it right back into the net, right? So it's right. a Wheeler turnover. But you're right. Ehlers, who usually doesn't get beat a lot, like he can mm-hmm. catch guys, right, Dave? Um, mm-hmm. But it was just, it was a, it was a, a bad turnover again by Wheeler. and uh, But a beautiful pass by Morgan Geeky. Wow. Well, it's amazing, Dave, you know, that you think, you know, that, and that's not like this turnover happened in the neutral zone. This turnover happened in the Kraken yeah. zone. You know, it, yeah. was, it was an attempted play, you know, as the Jets sort of have a clean zone entry uh, into the Kraken zone. And then Wheeler turns the puck over. You don't think that you're in a dangerous position. It's amazing how quickly teams mm-hmm. uh, can now transition and where you think that you're in a fine position, one bad turnover, no matter where it almost happens on the ice. Yeah, can lead to a goal uh, in the back of your net so quickly. Yeah, there's no question. And look, it was, I, I would suspect, I don't think Neil Pionk was anticipating that the puck was going to get up that ice that quickly and that cleanly. And so he was, you know, trying to change. And and of course that meant that Ehlers had to cover. And, you know, look, it's 27th, 27th, 27th birthday. So I don't want to rip on the kid, especially mm-hmm. after he had a nice assist to Blake Wheeler on the goal. But he's got to, he's got to back up for Neil Pionk there and, and be a little more, aggressive in his in his back check to uh to really help out you know uh, it was nate schmidt i believe right nate schmidt was the other defenseman that was on the ice at that point that's correct. so that that's an instance where you got to have the forward recognize that pionk again whether it was an ill-advised change by neil pionk i think it was from my perspective but regardless uh you know ehlers maybe gets back and then it's, and it's and as he's right, it's a beautiful pass by Geeky, and Hayden just makes a nice redirection. Not not much did Riddich could do. Riddich made a nice attempt at it, but it's a, but it's a nice goal for the. It's also a nice Kraken. stretch pass, pass by Alexiak, and it's kind of funny, Absolutely. right? Because mm-hmm. Alexiak turns the puck over. So if you could follow this, Alexiak t- turns the puck over to Ehlers, gets it to Wheeler and scores. <laughs> yeah, and then Geeky Wheeler, gets it. Yeah. yeah, and then, <laughs> then Wheeler turns Wheeler the puck turns over, over to Alexiak. Ehlers, who can't get back. To, to cover Hayden, right? Like, it was just yeah. a weird thing. And then Dubois took the interference penalty on Dunn. And You're then ahead, on the, on You're the getting time, ahead. No, but on the time goal, Dubois' uh, shot goes off of Dunn, right? Like, it was just like synchronicity. I don't know what was going on. It was. That's actually that's what that, that's that's well articulated there, Mr. Ginsburg. You're right. There well, was the show's over. That. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> uh, I articulate. 
you do articulate very well. We got to talk about actually. You mentioned uh, the sort of a, it, it's it's our our mistake for getting twenty four minutes into the show and not yet mentioning him, David Riddick. I mean, this is a guy who great. did not expect to get this start for the Winnipeg Jets. Everyone assumed yeah. it would be Connor Hellbuck. Hellbuck, obviously, under the weather, so much so that he couldn't even back up. Arvid Holm gets called up from the Moose to be the emergency uh, backup goaltender. It's an emergency recall uh, that happens just before game time. David Riddick was terrific in this game. I mean, mm. this was one of the best games. Uh, I mean, I know that it goes to shootout and everything, but in terms of just looking confident and looking solid, David Riddick really did a great job in that in tonight's contest. I thought, uh, you know, putting in, in in sort of a surprise duty for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. He gave the team everything they'd want and more, and looked confident in doing it. I thought. One thing He's I noticed duty. about Riddick, maybe sorry, Dave. One, I'll I'll just go quickly here. One thing I we know that Riddick plays the puck, handles the puck, better yeah, very than, well than Hellebuck. I noticed too that. He, he doesn't like to freeze the puck. I don't know if anybody else kind of caught on that. And it's kind of a weird thing. I didn't think I would necessarily be talking about how he, but you could see like when you thought maybe he'd freeze the puck, he'd move it really quickly. Right. And I think, you know, subtle things like that, sometimes they don't turn into anything. Um, but yeah, I just thought he managed the game really well. Right. Like I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Drew. Like it wasn't one of those games where you're going to look back on it and say that, you know, Riddick goalied the Kraken or anything like no. that, but he was just really solid. Mm -hmm. um you know whatever however many saves he made 25 or something like that right and you know he might he might have to play again guys on Thursday night against the Blue Jackets because you're right Hellebuck was supposed to get this start and then you got to think Riddick was going to get the the Blue Jackets right Dave so I think it was you know really impressive from big save Dave yeah I, I thought he was great and and you know exactly you know that's what the Jets want Did I throw you know? it to Dave there did but I, I you been know, a lot I, of throwing to Dave's and Dave's just getting run over by everyone. I thought okay, you folks are bebopping and scatting Dude, all Dave's over. Dave's been me. in Vegas twice over the last two weeks. He needs he needs to get in here more. Like yeah, we've been like doing seriously. all the talking the last couple. I mean, of I did I did have a little uh, ten minute uh, cameo on the 14th anniversary show, uh, <laughs> but that was about it. Although people enjoyed that, got mm -hmm. a lot of messages after. Getting uh, from folks giving me suggestions is where to go in Vegas. I like this comment I want to highlight it from Dieter, who points out accurately that Riddick played all three games against the Kraken this year. So there certainly oh. was an, an element of familiarity, obviously, that that he had with this Kraken team. So if these teams meet in the Western final, then Riddick's going to be the starting, <laughs> starting goaltender. That's right. It's Hellbuck's the backup. You first. Yeah, exactly how it works. You know, you got to go with the hot hand. And in that case, it's, it's David Riddick. But a good comment there from Dieter in, in remembering that. And I'm glad that he still has Dieter's a got a nice car there in his picture well, nice little know, sports car there's an ic ic contest or? winner he is an ic contest winner. maybe we'll find out more about that car see if uh, like as a, he can get a little spin in that you know indeed are our uh, words of wisdom don't let as he drive your car uh <laughs> or anywhere near your house that that too as well uh so it's one one at that point in time after the after the hayden goal ties it up the kraken take the lead with 27 seconds to go in the second period uh we talked about it's on a power play pierre Luc dubois is in the box with that frustration penalty that he takes and you know mm -hmm. uh, he draws a lot of penalties and he takes a lot of penalties this is one that he's not going to like to take it's an interference call uh and it's jared mccann getting his 25th assist of Vince Dunn and Ely Tolvanen. And this one is just a fluke as fluke can go. It goes off of Dylan DeMello's state, uh, skate. Then it goes off of Mason Appleton's skate. And uh, I think it was our buddy Murat put up the the, the gif for the, uh, of, Plinko. of Plinko. And yeah. that's exactly what it was. Bing, bang, bong uh, into the back of the net. And it's 2-1 for the Kraken after 40 minutes. And, you know, the Jets had really done a good job on the penalty kill 
up to that point, and this one's going to be a notch against the penalty kill, but it's sort of one of those unfortunate uh, notches that you sometimes see. I'll, I'll throw it to Dave here, Ezzy, because you've been talking too much. Wow. I was ready well, to go, though. I know. Uh, I, look, Boston, I mean, Boston beat Dallas in overtime, by the way. That's right. That's, uh, I saw that in the chat, which means in overtime, which puts the Jets, I believe, two points uh, behind the Dallas Stars with a game in hand. Uh, so the Jets are certainly uh, keeping pace in that, uh, the key in that is getting central the points, division. The key is getting those points and putting them into the standings bank, whether you're mm-hmm. chasing Dallas, you're keeping Minnesota behind you, and that's what, if you're a Jets Colorado, fan, Dave. And Drew's well, about to make a point he made on Twitter. It's Go ahead, Drew. exactly right, Dave. I'm glad you know me so well that you know exactly what I was going to say. But the Minnesota Wild uh, completely missed an opportunity while the Jets were off. They played uh, coming into last night. So after last night's game uh, where they lost in uh shootout to the Florida Panthers, they played five games to the Jets one game since the All-Star break ended. And they only gained one point on the Jets in four more games. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge squandered opportunity for the Minnesota Wild, who now sit eight points behind the Jets. Uh, they'll be, I believe, uh, 10 points behind the Dallas Stars as well. Granted, with one and two games in hand, as opposed to, you know, after the All-Star break where they had four or five games mm-hmm. in hand, they mm-hmm. completely squandered that opportunity. So now... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline because the, the Brock Besser rumors there, right? Like, you wonder, you know, they need they need to do something because they're in trouble. Like, I, like I've, I've said this and I'm not the only person, like, the Avalanche are the team that everybody has to worry about. But yeah. go ahead, Dave. No, I, I was just going to say, like, it's it's one of those plays you you like when Pierre-Luc Dubois plays with passion. But, and again, I don't know because, of course, with the TV, when the puck squeaks away, you know, you don't, you tend to follow it. But we were sitting in the press box and I'm watching. And I watched him react to the ref because he basically took a, a bit of a shot in the corner when he went in for the hit. He took a shot. He didn't like it. He didn't like that there wasn't a call. And you mm-hmm. could just see he was angry. And then, he, and then, of course, he skates over. And I think, was it Susie that he, uh, I think it was Susie, wasn't it, that he went and uh, interfered with and got the got the penalty against? So uh, it's an undisciplined penalty. It's not one you like to see uh, transpire because, look, the points are at a premium, right? I mean, you are in a it race. Was on, it was on Vince Dunn. Oh, Vince Dunn. So I think Susie, maybe Susie had laid the hit on he had a, him. He had, he had a scoring chance right before that. Yes. So anyways, the point is that he hit Dunn and, and you just – it's just an unnecessary play. And then sure they get, look, it's not a goal you're expecting, right? Because you, like you said, Drew, it's, it's bing bang. And it's, you know, I think if you, as he was talking about the math and the angles and stuff like that, yeah. for that, for that to go in more than once is well, it's like, it, it, it gains speed. Like originally, like it was tough to tell if it went off, like if it clearly went off Appleton, at least I could tell it went off of Appleton. Yeah. DeMello mm-hmm. then Appleton. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like it gains speed after it went off Develo's stick and then hit like Appleton skate. You know what I mean? Like it was like yeah. a weird, it seemed like it shouldn't have been. There I don't remember much from great. I don't remember much from grade 11 physics, but I know it, it can't possibly pick up speed uh, after it hits something. I'm that much. I can remember for <laughs> I sure. I was drew. I nailed, I took grade 11 physics as well. And I did not do very well. Um, maybe because I was more interested in uh, socializing, but I remember force equals mass times acceleration. I got that down. And then everything after that, I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but uh, yeah, physics is uh, its a tough subject. But uh, yeah, that was just a, a crazy bounce. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I made a note here in my my notes here. Uh, Alex Wenberg, you know, had a really nice zone entry. But um, it was just, yeah, like it was just a, a complete fluke goal. Um, and Dubois obviously, you know, comes out of the penalty box with his head down, right? But 
it's just one of those weird things because the Kraken had, what did we say, one or two shots up until that point in the second period, uh, and then they're up 2-1. But to Dave's mm-hmm. point, you know, the Jets didn't let that be the turning point in the game. They mm-hmm. stuck with it as the cliche goes. Dubois ties it up uh, later in the game, and, you know, that's that. But, you know, one thing that stands out. yada yada, though, over the whole third I period. I think he analysis? just yada the entire third no, period. I wouldn't do that. Well, it seemed pretty much like that. Did you? You already mentioned the best part. Is, is that is that what we missed? You you mentioned the bisque already. Uh, you know, never mind as he yada yadding over the third period, but the Jets tie it up at the nine thirty nine mark of the uh, of the third period. It's not yada yada. It's hey baby. It's Pierre Luc Dubois, his twenty third of the season, assisted Josh Morrissey and Kyle Connor, and this one's a a, a fortuitous bounce in the Jets' favor. Uh, in, in this instance, uh, the the Morrissey point shot and then Dubois is there, you know, causing havoc in front of the net as we've seen him do so many times. And this one ricochets in off of the Kraken uh, player uh, past uh, uh, Philip Grubauer to tie it up uh, basically at the halfway mark of the third period, Dave. I, it's only fitting, sorry, I was trying to get some tweets out there, Drew, but it's only fitting that... Uh... The Jets get a bounce, a bounce of their own. Although the Jets almost very easily could have had another one go against them because, of course, that one that went off Blake Wheeler's skate and then off the post was, mm-hmm. uh, and that was, that was, was that in the second period? And it was, it was unusual because we were talking about how the Kraken had no shots and then they get one that almost goes in the net. And yet, ironically, of course, doesn't count as a shot because it went off the post. But, anyways, back to uh, that goal. I thought it was, you know, uh, fair. Because you, if you're watching that game from a Jets perspective, and the Jets have played as well as they had for the most part throughout the course of that, you know, contest, for them to have lost it on potentially on that, uh, you know, bounce goal that went off to Mello Appleton into the back of the net would be a smidge unfair. Although it's sports, so there's nothing really about unfairness unless you were a, an Eagles fan, you might be upset with the Super Bowl outcome. Something we can discuss later. But regardless, uh, you know, I thought it was fair that the Jets would get a bounce of their own. And, and as, as he says, there's a lot of synchronicity that was transpiring throughout the course of this game. So uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois getting it seemed uh, appropriate. And then the Hey Babies uh, rained down. Fans were happy to hear that. And again, like I said, it, it, it was it was a game that unusually that Mike McIntyre, like I said, in the first period said to, I don't know, he said to the, the, the assorted media, of which I was too over from him. What the hell but, were you doing there? Yeah, exactly. But uh, but no. But he said like this is this feels like the first. This is, feels like this will end up as the first shootout of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think I think he said the the Leafs and was it the Senators? Well, there's two other teams that have only done it once. But the Jets were the only team in the NHL who hadn't gone to to a single shootout. But anyways, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It just seemed appropriate that the Jets would get back in based on that type of goal, given the fact as that they ended the second period with that. Uh, and they didn't start the third period particularly well. It was actually a rather sleepy start by Winnipeg, I thought. Uh, Seattle came out uh, the more aggressive of the two teams. I mean, not a, a tremendous amount of shots. I think they outshot the Jets like 3 nothing. But the Kraken had a little bit of momentum. And then I think I just finished tweeting that. And the next thing you know, the third line. And, th- and th- there's one thing before we get into the goal, mm-hmm. we just did. But it's, it's worth noting that third line, the modified third line, because the blind blender came out in the third period. But the, the modified third line, they had some good, you know, uh, uh, pressure in that Kraken zone. And then the fourth, they followed that up with the fourth line, again, modified fourth line, uh, keeping that pressure up. And that kind of allowed the Jets to kind of regain momentum in the third period and then eventually tie the game. 
The one thing I wanted to, sorry, Drew, I just wanted to mention one thing. It's like we need our, our raise hand function here on uh, with our stream yard, but yeah, maybe we'll just do it the old fashioned way like you used to do in uh, elementary school when you had to go to the bathroom. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention here, Drew, you made the joke about the face-offs, right? The Jets losing the face-off on the Blake Wheeler goal. Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, wins the face-off here, but the thing that I really wanted to make a note of, and I have it here on my, uh, going on my, on the MacBook, is Josh Morrissey uses Ehlers as a decoy and pretends like because uh, uh, the puck is dropped. I think Connor, uh, it goes Dubois to Connor, and then Connor drops it to Morrissey who moves in. So then Ehlers goes to cover for him and Morrissey fakes it, Dave, like he's going to go back to Ehlers. Yeah, yeah. And and what ended up happening is that Larson then comes out to challenge Morrissey, but then Dubois is in behind him. And then we know that it was a, a bounce off of Dunn, right? But so I just wanted to, you know, point that out we've talked a lot about that how how Morrissey walks the line and you know he does the the deceiving uh you know fake fake passes right so I just wanted to get that in there that it was off of a face-off win and just a really nice effort by Morrissey to kind of fool forget who the Kraken forward was there but uh to fool that fool the forward into thinking he was passing it back to Ehlers there at the point uh we'd be remiss before we get into uh overtime and then the shootout to not congratulate Dave on his engagement at the game uh to your special lady Dave congratulations uh on that we're very happy Actually, for you is i have to say though so we were watching i think that was during one of the contests the ask the questions contest or whatever yeah. and so um they got to give a shout out to the classy i mean Drew's of course kidding but the classy folks in section <laughs> I'm, 330 I'm about your about that that was your engagement yes yeah I no no of course but i'm saying so so the couple she said yes as mike mcintyre tweeted we mentioned mike a lot this show i mean we might want to give him a fourth spot right now but it was nice because when he they went back up to section 330 all the folks not all the folks but a lot of the folks in section 330 classy folks if you will of section 330 shout out to them gave the fo- the, the the newly engaged couple a um, standing O. So I thought that was very nice of them to probably 329 as well. Gave a nice little sh- little standing O. See, one of the things you don't see on television, boys. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we come back and share with you, courtesy of this broadcast. So Behind uh, the scenes things that happen that only you can only find out about here on the Illegal Curve. We also didn't see you scarfing Smarties down in the press box, Dave. <laughs> it, I, I had to, you know what? I pulled a, a nice little maneuver today because... We it was a it was a different person in charge of the uh, the snacks, if you will, and she was gonna she was gonna institute some sort of different policy. I was like I was. Well, they must have had like, some some heart shaped chocolates and stuff for Valentine's Day. Right? I like I don't care about that kind of stuff. I just wanted Smarties. That's all I care about. I, I, as you know, as I love the Smarties. So I was I was holding out hope, but then I got there after the first, nothing was there, and she was like, "Well," and then she was discussing the Paul. She was new, not our usual Karen. Shout out to Karen. She's in charge of the whole thing, but uh, she wasn't there. And so this lady, I don't know if she knew, but anyway, she brought out some, she eventually did, but I would usually the NHL guys clear it all out. It's always gone. Anyways, not this time. I got a fresh. Scotty Billick is usually in there pretty quickly. No, Scott, too. Scotty, Scotty wasn't there, but, but uh, I was, I was, I was doing a, I was doing a little snarful conversation with Weber uh, sharing our respective trip stories. Cause Weber was just in Mexico and I was in Vegas. Cancun. And then someone's doing well. Exactly. And so then, uh, does he use grid park? I hope he uses grid park. Hopefully. Although I have to say, actually, I was very happy to see someone asked a question in one of the, um, on Reddit. And they said, um, they said, someone asked who has never been to a game before about parking. And then I noticed a number of people had said, I see guys promote uh, grid parks. So you should give them a, uh, you know, one person said if the IC guys are to be to believe, which I was a little, uh, little, <laughs> little discouraged by, but some people gave a shout out to the grid park. So that was nice. 
there you go. So uh, advertise with us on a legal curve and you get you get some value for your dollar. That's what we can say for sure. Folks, Dave did not get engaged. I see him. <laughs> just want to maybe make sure it's clear in the chat. Dave did not get engaged. At Dave's getting a standing ovation in the chat. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's, everyone's applauding Dave. He did not get engaged at the game. Just want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, the overtime period didn't solve anything. But it was an entertaining overtime, back and forth. Chances of both ends. Who Blake wants, Wheeler, who Blake wants to watch exciting hockey? Three that on pass three? by Shifley. Yeah. That, sh- that pass by Shifley was... For and then Wheeler didn't even get the shot off. I thought he scored. Well, I mean, he just rolled off his stick at the end. Yeah. But they, the puck was rolling. They, yeah. That was a hard pass. Threading wanna, a needle right there. Yeah, you want to talk about a hard pass? That was a hard pass from my, Mark Shifley. That was probably the Jets' best chance uh in overtime uh, you know i thought the overtime was entertaining you know, sometimes not often sometimes three on three overtimes are too much of a chess match it can be a little bit boring i thought this that this three on three overtime was both uh played well from both an offensive and a defensive perspective anytime either the jets or the kraken had an opportunity to sort of force a turnover which isn't easy to do in overtime i thought that they were able to do it pretty well they 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 chose their spots in which to jump in and uh and force the play very well by both teams unfortunately obviously nothing uh was settled in that five minutes and then it went to the shootout where the jets were the dominant of the two teams in the shootout uh scoring uh scoring twice in the shootouts to neither uh Kraken player being able to score. And as a result, the Jets win the shootout pretty quick. Uh, I guess two nothing in the shootout. And those shootout goals, we will declare them as our Seagram shot of the game for tonight's game between the Jets and the Kraken. Seagram's VO masterfully blended, distinctly Canadian. Get it at your favorite liquor establishment and wherever fine liquor products are sold. 3-2 final. The Winnipeg Jets win in a shootout. First time they've won in a shootout this year. I believe it's only the third time that they've won after trailing after 40 minutes this year. So a couple notches in the Jets' belt in tonight's victory over the Seattle Kraken. This has been the Betway Game Recap brought to you by our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, more on the Jets and the Kraken, some contest giveaways as per usual, and more of whatever nonsense pops into our mind, including Ezzy's exclusive review of Cocaine Bear. Much more to come. You're watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. 
Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. A happy Valentine's Day to one and all. Nice to be with so many of our loved ones, platonic or otherwise. Speaking of are. speaking of loved ones, Drew. Yes. You did the Seagram shot of the game, but there was no shot. So I have one of my loved ones with me here. <laughs> so here, let's do this. L'chaim. 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 I'm, I'm drinking something else tonight. But, uh... Ooh, yummy, yummy fireball. L'chaim, nonetheless, there, mm. Mr. Ginsburg. Dave is obviously uh, the teetotaler. He's certainly detoxing at, at the very least after spending the last three no weeks more. in Vegas. No more. I was, I was drinking martinis, for God's sakes. I've never even had a martini in my life. Look you're at me. A, I, was a fa- I was a fancy guy. I was going to say, you're not a big drinker the best of times. At least, I mean, in Winnipeg, you're not a big drinker. I don't think no. I've ever seen you have more than maybe one beer at an outing or anything like may that. I, had a few, I may have had a few adult beverages uh, over in Vegas. Dave M., wild and crazy. Dave behind the a scenes. little coconut gold. If you ever uh, went to Earl's Maine back in the day, you know that Dave. True. That was Dave M.'s drink of choice, coconut in gold. Fact, in fact, when Earl's Maine 
fun little story is when Earl's main stopped carrying coconut gold in, in the draft, I, they actually would bring in bottles. So when we were there every Wednesday, they would always have a bottle of coconut gold for me or two. There you go. Uh, Dave tipped well. So he obviously now, got his coconut gold. Second fun fact. They don't sell coconut gold in BC. Really? Just regular coconut? Just regular coconut. Oh, that is a fun fact. I you know, look at you, look at all the things you learn on this show. Not many of them are to do with hockey, which is ostensibly why we get together. But you know, the random other crap. You can't Alan, beat that. So Alan L says it was a cause a Cosmo. No, it wasn't a Cosmo. It was called Slip of the Tongue, the Adult Star Martini. That's Haku what you vodka. Ordered. You ordered that with a straight face. Well, I, the guys jokingly said, give him the most girly uh, uh, martini of all time. So I drank, and I was like, oh, it tastes sweet. It's fun. Actually, the girlier the drinks, like the better they are. They're actually usually. Easy, easy yeah. as with the. Uh... <laughs> There's some really tasty drinks. It's just like, you just have to be comfortable with your masculinity, masculinity to drink them. Well, the, the other highlight was when I went down to the pool and I was like, can I have, um, you know, the slush, like the lemonade slush? And they're like, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, oh, no, I'll just have it. I'm like, I don't really drink Slurpee, so this is kind of like me cheating. So give, give me give me, give me, me as much of that as you can. So you just had a virgin margarita or a virgin daiquiri oh, or something. I we'll see. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. what It's true. You never know. These are the these are the things that are going to come to you later on Illegal Curve behind the scenes. It's like a behind the music episode of Dave M in Vegas for eight weeks at a time. Drew, uh, is that the bourbon from Happy Harry's, by the way? Uh, uh, this, uh, isn't, I got two bourbons, uh, when I was down in Grand Forks. I mean, you, if you're going down for a weekend, you got to pick up a couple bottles and uh, my wife and I certainly yeah. took advantage. You have of to that. get a crate of Camel lights as well. And I, I, I don't smoke, uh, but, uh, no, so I didn't buy any smokes, but, uh, I, 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 I will I, say though, I will say as a compl another complete aside, since that's all the show is <laughs> what a different, like when you're not used, I, I, as everyone knows, I don't smoke and I don't, I definitely don't smoke cigars. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, ever. by the way, beat uh, Colorado in a shootout tonight, Sorry, which is weird because that is completely unrelated to my story. But anyways, I was <laughs> going to say it's it's absolutely like shocking how bad the smoke is when you go down. I mean, especially a place like Vegas, which obviously is a place of excess. But I, I honestly couldn't get over how many people smoke, how many people smoke cigars inside. And like, hey, I felt like I was smoking like seven packs a day. But like you, by the end of the night, your eyes are just like glazed because there's so much. At least I thought that was because of the smoke. But yeah, the the, the smoking. It's just funny. You get to the Vegas airport, and right away there's like the VLTs or not VLTs, but the whatever they are, slot the slot machines. machines, and and everything right out in the open. Then they have the the enclosed one for the smokers, and it's just like this like just room full of just smoke everywhere. By the way, our newest sponsor, smoking company. <laughs> our newest sponsor, Joe Camel himself is going to join us on the show. You guys, I don't think either of you guys went to the university of Winnipeg, right? It was both. You both went to yeah, U of M. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't think so. I, so obviously I grew up at UW with my dad there, but uh, I went to U of W and do you guys happen to remember though, there was a smoking room at U of W on the main remember, floor. Wasn't that thing? So the, wasn't, I mean, I remember hearing about it. Like, it wasn't was a glass in. Like, it was like, almost like an aquarium of smokers. Oh, 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 that's hilarious. That's exactly what it was. I could not <laughs> describe it any better. It was a glass room where people would go in and, and there wasn't anything in it. It's not like there was like, you know, yeah, you like just go couch, have butts in there. There wasn't like couches and like, you know, TVs. It was literally like a room for people to go in and smoke that like the, there was, and it wasn't circulating. So like it was the most disgusting. I don't know what year they got rid of that thing, but I was at U of W from like 2000 to 2004, really dating myself there. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, that smoking room, maybe some people in the chat can remember that University of Winnipeg smoking room because it was, that really makes you like think smoking is the worst thing in the world, <laughs> right? So just thought I'd get that in there. It was a it was a different world back then, as Derek Richards say. They used to have a smoking room at Tech Vok, uh, which you know that's what it was. You used to smoke indoors. This good is school just, Tech Vok. This is just how it was. Shout out to Tech Vok. Go Hornets, right? Uh, I think that's what they are, if I'm not mistaken. My dad got a great to... gym there. I remember watching. Uh, I went to Kelvin, and I remember watching Kelvin play Tech Vok in basketball. Yeah, good gym. That's a good, good people. school. Yes, indeed. Anyways, there you go. Smoking. Uh, so Dave is a chain smoker. Is basically yeah. what we. Oh, so I'm uh, I'm smoking like it. I've smoking like a chimney since I've been back. That's right, exactly. He hasn't eaten a meal in a week. He's just been hacking butts and and and, and lighting them up one after another. Well, after I mean, after another. being in Vegas, you don't want to eat a meal for a week. It's so much food. It's true. It is a lot of food. I'll uh, I'll be down there in about a a little more than a month. So I uh, I'll see wow. if the I'll see if the city's recovered from well, you. Ladi da, Mister Vegas. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I gotta follow in your in your footsteps. You're staying at the Lawless House, right? That's right. Uh, I, actually, I'm just gonna pitch a tent on his front yard, and hopefully, he won't call the security. He won't call security at that point in time. Uh, Rick Bonus about the Jets fans. Oh yeah, there was a hockey game we were supposed to. There be was about. allegedly. Uh, apparently, Kenny and Rennie aren't aren't going on tonight. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, See that in the chat. Kenny never said anything to me today. I had quite the little chit chat in the press box and. Kenny didn't mention that they were going to be a, you know, you think you give me a little professional courtesy. I think maybe a little bit. Of, you think there's a Kenny V Rennie? Maybe there's conflict. Should we start up a rumor no, that there's conflict I, I, in the Kenny Rennie Kenny Rennie's was at family? the game, right, Dave? So I, I would imagine it. Well, Sean you know, Rennie was, I, had Sean something was, going on. But Sean was tweeting. And, and it's weird because usually, uh, like, even if one of them can't do it, they usually just bring in, like, you know, like last, was it the last, the Saturday game? Didn't it was um, Scott and Jeff? It was Scott and Jeff and yeah. Kenny. Yeah. Right? So. Well, who knows? Rick Looks Bonus. like it's just more time for us, boys. We don't have to <laughs> give them our, any courtesy. More of our inane ramblings is, is, is what you're finding out about here. Uh, Rick Bonus cheering the Jets fans for cheering Adam Lowry's penalty-killing efforts. Quote, the fans here are fantastic. I love the passion, the following that we have from our fans. They're knowledgeable, and they see guys paying the price to win hockey games, and that's what they want to see. They're paying big money to come see us play. They want to see the effort. They want to see the commitment. They want to see sacrifice to make sure we're playing as hard as we can to win hockey games. They're smart fans. They acknowledge it, and they think that was fantastic. So that's uh, Rick Bonus buttering up. The can we talk about Bones' haircut? Fans. You can at this point in time. We look really we, fresh. Yeah. You, you liked it? It's a good, a good look? Yeah. yeah. Kevin I mean, Sawyer had a haircut as well. Okay. Have you had a haircut like recently? No, I haven't. No. You have a big date coming up on Saturday. I do, and you and you almost screwed me there, Mindell, because uh, yes, I got Naomi tickets to Rumors for Valentine's Day. I, I also got her flowers. Did she uh, not know that? Did I did I let the cat out of well, the bag? Well, it was a, well, obviously that was the Valentine Valentine Valentine. Did Ezzy just mute himself? I, and I don't know. He, I think he, made he went like he went like Max Hedron for a second. I was like, "What's going on right now?" He not sure what happened there. Maybe it's the the fireball got into the keyboard or something. I have no idea. But uh, no, because that was her Valentine's present. So Naomi, so that. Dave, you didn't see this, but Naomi was out out on the town yeah. uh, on Saturday <laughs> night, and then she she she's watching the show, and then Drew goes, "I'll be at Rumors on Thursday night." Ezzy, you'll be there Saturday, and I was like, I was like, I was like, "What's going on with Ez?" I don't know. His computer's acting up a little bit. I think it's looks like we got to start talking about hockey again. He's melting down. Well, what's happening is my fat double chin is pulling my cords out of my microphone here. So that's <laughs> that's what's happening. But yeah, Drew, you almost screwed me there. But Naomi tuned out when you said I'm going to be there Saturday. But uh, yes, we will be at Rumors to see uh, Sean Lacomber. So we're looking forward to that. 
Yes, exactly. There you go. So if anyone needs to uh, wants to meet Ezzy, uh up close and personal. Saturday if anybody wants to meet the real cocaine bear, then come to Rumors on Saturday night. <laughs> well, that's what I meant to talk about. So we spent Saturday's post-game show, a chunk of it, talking about cocaine bear. And then I saw we talked talking about Mike McIntyre. Mike was tweeting about cocaine bear. And I was telling Ezzy that cocaine bear is actually a story uh you know from kentucky that's where the bear was the bear ingested cocaine it was it was a it was a kentucky based bear so i'm my wife is talking to her parents uh earlier today and uh, from what i could see the grandfather clock was not in the video so it was a video chat so i couldn't see the grandfather clock but my father-in-law who is has this he has this Chicago Bears sweatshirt that he's been wearing for years and it needed to be replaced. And he replaced it with a cocaine bear sweatshirt. So my father-in-law has your father-in-law a- has a cocaine bear sweatshirt. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Yes, my father-in-law. That's amazing. Very esteemed, well-respected engineer. Uh, is it was 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 sitting chatting with us earlier tonight while wearing a cocaine bear sweatshirt because it's the Chicago so, so Bears people logo. People in Kentucky are embracing this. Oh yeah, they're 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 all in on this. They're nice. they're, it, they're changing the name. It's actually not a Commonwealth anymore. It's now Cocaine Bear of Kentucky. Is, is what's happening. That's it's very no funny, actually. Drew's being way too funny right now. Dave, like, like what's happening? Like we need more hate directed towards Drew. This, like this, the amount I'm liking Drew right now, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this. It has to be like 30% like 70%. I almost said 30%, 80%. Maybe I'll take another (laughs) shot. In any Anyways, event, that's uh, I thought the crowd would enjoy that. So yes, Cocaine Bear is certainly being embraced by our good friends, uh, uh, my good friends and my family in Kentucky as well. Uh, Rick Bonus on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Fine, I'm talking too much. Go ahead, Dave. Whoa, welcome back. The Manuk Moose Minute. Thank you. Thank you. You know, people are getting upset. They think this is a hockey show. We're doing our usual. I mean, they obviously don't pay very much close attention to illegal curve. A, because we did spend the first 40 minutes talking about the hockey game. So if you're upset about, you know, our inane uh, dialogue, well, I mean, you can you can always watch the replay. And then you can watch, if you, you skip past this part, and then we'll get to hockey again. Dave, talk about Alex Limoges. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Alex well, Limoges. Anyways. Before, oh, before you I do, do. I, got a, I got a message from, uh, I got to find the guy's name. Um a guy on a guy on Instagram messaged me saying that he watches the show from Australia. Doesn't really know a lot about hockey, but he really enjoys the show and he and he's watching it and he's trying to learn more about hockey as he's watching oh us. I apologize to him because you're certainly not learning anything more about hockey and watching this show tonight uh, as it's uh, certainly gone well off the rails. But I wanted to give a shout out to uh, JMB Newman on Twitter who reached out and said he's uh, enjoying Instagram the show or Twitter. From you just said two different social media sources. Sorry, Twitter. He reached out to us on Twitter to say that he's speaking of wrestling. Show. I wonder if he knows Rhea Ripley. Why? He's from Australia. Oh, I, I, it's a big country, as it. Yeah, but she's the <laughs> she's the biggest thing in uh, women's wrestling right now. She's from Australia, maybe he, he knows her. Dave. Anyways, back to the uh, little <laughs> thing called the Manuk Moose Minute. The Moose were rolling this weekend to conclude their uh, road trip. It was a six gamer, of course, split up between the All Star break, and they were concluding it in Grand Rapids where they won by a combined score of 9-2. to two. Everybody was contributing. Jansen Harkins had a big weekend. Uh, Billy Hainola, uh, both goaltenders were excellent, only allowing one goal, obviously, apiece in their starts. And then uh, folks may remember that January 13th, 
there was a uh, incident in the game against the Marlies in Toronto where a fan a spectator in the building had a um, health issue. And I, I'm not still not certain what happened to her, but I believe her partner had said that she was doing okay, which is good news. Uh, hopefully she's still recovering and doing well from that situation. But the game was postponed after the first period with the score tied one all. The makeup game was on Monday. But interesting fact from Daniel Fink that I wasn't aware of, it was like the game was actually taking place a month prior. So had the Moose won the game, which they did not, but had the Moose won the game, they wouldn't have won three in a row because the game was actually going retroactively back to January 13th. So everything that took place was actually a month earlier. So very unusual sort of situation. Why didn't they just restart the game, Dave, from the first period? Like, I can't remember the last time you started a game in the second period, like weeks after the original game a took month. place. Like literally a month to the yeah. day that that it had transpired. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the rule and the way they have to do it. You know, like like hit the ball where it, where it lies or whatever. But if but both teams agree to it. Can you not just? I guess you know I, I guess it, like, it, it does make sense though because if you think about it, like it's hard to just erase. I mean, what happens if a guy had a hat trick? What happens if something memorable happens? So it's hard to just kind of walk that away from that and you know strike it out. So regardless, they started out the game one all in uh, Toronto. It was a six p.m. start, so they would only play two periods of the game and the moose uh, gave up three i think oscar salmon was in net and so uh, the moose gave up three goals quickly arvid holm who was backing up uh david riddich tonight arvid holm came in relief he gave up one goal and the marlies ended up winning at 4-2 but interesting factoid boys and for the chat alex lamoju as he referenced he had his 41th point because he scored a goal in the game coincidentally he also scored uh, the only goal in the uh first period of the game on january 13th so Alex Limoges, who had tied his points record uh, with 40 the game before, broke it with 41, but technically broke it the game before this last game because this game took place January 13th, not February 13th. So Alex Limoges set a new record, but he actually did it on Saturday night in Grand Rapids, not yesterday in Toronto. Fun fact. I don't know what you just said, but my head hurt as a result of you. You know what I like about Alex Limoges in, in in addition to the fact that he's got great hair? Yes. He's from Virginia, which is not exactly a, a hockey hotbed. But that's and, where that's where Daniel Berthuma was when we interviewed him, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't it Vermont? No, no. It was no, Virginia. No, it, was, it was Virginia, I think. It was Virginia. Yeah. Captain Burt. Captain Burt. fishing charter is called. Yeah. yeah. He was awesome back in uh, 2016 for the Jets Heritage Classic. But he also went to Dave. I know you know this Pennsylvania State University again. Yeah. Not not like you know it's not University of Michigan or you know North Dakota or Wisconsin. You know yeah. the 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 factories of NHL players, right? Just, just yeah. interesting. I think Limoges is, is a really you know he's been great all year long. So he's a great you know story. A, you know who's a huge benefactor of that program is the Pagula family who own the Buffalo Sabers and yeah. all. That's right. Yep. Gary Pagula uh, is is a graduate of Penn State University. Yeah, and as a result, he is I think single handedly pumped a huge amount of money. Yeah, I think he ate like twenty five million dollars or something like that. Yeah. So, anyways, and He's so balling. just to, and 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 just to kind of round out the the moose talk. So now they're home for eight straight games, and you know something we're. How long are we in? Over an hour and three minutes into this show. And yeah. We haven't mentioned the biggest news of the day was that Axel Janssen Fialbi was not claimed on waivers. So he was able to be surprised by that, by the way, boys. I, I was shocked. I thought, that, I I thought mean, if Washington didn't cl- like reclaim him because they have first dibs, I was thinking like a Vancouver or maybe a Chicago, like a team that knows that they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. I thought somebody would would get him because you're getting him for free. But obviously the Jets moves benefit big time by him not getting claimed. 
but you know, if you make that claim, I wonder if you, you know, that then, you know, that changes your priority moving forward. So I wonder if you're holding on to that claim, if you're one of those bottom teams, in case somebody who may be a little more attractive or sure. you need the roster. Oh, look, spot. Jesse, Jesse Pooley, Jesse Pooley is supposedly going to go on, on, exactly. on waivers, right? So there's, there are some names that are interesting. How does yeah, somebody they, not claim him, Dave? If Pooley, like, I realize Pooley Arvey oh, he gets is claimed. wildly inconsistent, but to me, like, you got to claim him. Like, oh, someone's like, claiming for the Jets Arvey. even. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no question about it. He's getting, he'd get claimed hundred percent. That's, but, but anyway, so, but the interesting thing about actually on Sofielby was that if Washington claims them, they can send him right to uh, Hershey, Hershey and they yeah. could have sent him right to the AHL. So uh, yeah. And the only thing I saw, I was reading some Washington sites and they were saying that, you know, maybe because they're at 48 contracts, yeah. you know, they didn't want to go to 49 and then not have any kind of flexibility there, uh, you know, for NHL contracts. Cause of course you're only allowed to have 50, but and regardless what it does is it gives the moose, a phenomenal top six of, you know, actually Anton Fielby, Dominic Conato, Jansen Harkins, uh, Alex Limoges, Christian Reichel, Jeff Mallott, a third line, Cole Meyer, Evan Poli, Nicholas Jones. And then you can have a fourth line, a young fourth line, potentially Henry Nickinen, Daniel Torgerson, of course, two Jets prospects and Wyatt Bon Giovanni, who they signed out of college. And then you've got other guys like Tyler Boland, and, you know, who can, who can make some, uh, have an impact. Greg Morales, who's a very impactful guy. So the Moose are getting stacked. Econa Pauly said it, I think a few seconds ago, and it's true. The Moose are getting stacked and the goaltenders are at home. He looks like he's, uh, you know, coming into his own. So a lot of good things happening for the Manitoba Moose. And of course, Jimmy Olney, the captain, we should mention that he came back. He played his first game of the season after we and announced. They did give him uh, one of his own bobbleheads. So they did give him yeah. one of his own bobbleheads, but he played his first game of the season. So nice for the Moose to get their captain back. And he is often paired with uh, Vili Hainola. And Vili Hainola moved over to the right side again, something worth noting for Moose fans and Declan Chisholm, Leon Gavanke, Simon Lundmark. Uh, lots, lots, lots of good things happening down on the farm and uh, something for fans to be excited about, both the Jets and the Moose, and of course, the Winnipeg Ice. Well said, Dave. That was a trip to the buffet, Drew. Wow. Wow, two weeks. Dave just went over the entire Moose 22-23 roster there. I like that. Impressive. Let me it's, tell you, folks. This is not, that's that's the moose minute of a guy who who, who hasn't done a moose minute in a good. Couple I was weeks. feeling it. It just needed to come out. Now I will say, remember, moose get back in action eight games in a row here in Manitoba. Tomorrow is their first. I totally forgot they were playing tomorrow. Actually, and the moose put out a tweet saying, "Here's tomorrow's info." I was going to text them. I'm like, "Guys, you don't play tomorrow. You play on Friday." But sure enough, they're playing tomorrow. Yeah, they know their I schedule should, better should, than you do. I should trust them to know their schedule. That's a good point, Drew. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, is your boy Brutus saying? Is your boy Bruce is now? saying it's pride night on friday and speaking of that we yes. will have tickets to give away in the illegal curve zone on friday night for friday night's game so lots of tickets to give away over the next eight games and so stay tuned for that uh, do we have we have a show what thursday thursday post game so, after the jets and the blue jackets yeah. yeah so we'll we'll give we'll give away those tickets on thursday for those who want to go to the game think about it if you're available on friday you'll hit me up on thursday after the or during the show or after the show we'll see we'll send you to the moose game so you can go watch the Moose and the Grand Rapids Griffins. No, no, Iowa Wild, sorry. There you go. So stay tuned for that Thursday's post-game show, I think right around 8.45 after the Jets and the Blue Jackets. Let's get some contest stuff. I'm exhausted. Uh, uh, we're going late uh, so far on this post-game show tonight. Uh, the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. As you know, the way to enter it is click the drop-down arrow here on the YouTube channel. Find the contest link. Click the contest link. You'll see a whole bunch of things you can do to gain entries into the merchandise contest. If you can't find it here on the YouTube page, go to our website, illegalcurve.com. Click on basic 
basically any article. You'll see the link there where you can enter in the unique code word for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest, an opportunity to gain, I think, 10 extra entries if you enter in Valentine's Day with IC. Dave is apparently trying to make trying a Trying to make heart. a heart of some sort. That's... That's how you can tell I have no heart. I was that, that's say, my, that was my best, like, or you know, like, what do they always do like, this? this badly thing? broken like, fingers or something? I'm not really yeah, sure maybe. what's happening there. I don't know. But <laughs> Valentine's Day with IC. No apostrophe between I couldn't the... do an apostrophe, just so you know. Yeah. Because it's not, it's technically not accurate. Yes. But because if we do anything like that, it breaks up the word and then it doesn't work. So I had to do Valentine's plural, unfortunately. Plural, not possessive. Day with IC. So it's all one word. It's all capitalized. Valentine's Day with IC. Enter that unique code word into the contest page and you will be entered to win some great merchandise from those of us here at Illegal Curve. And you could be a winner, just like our latest winner. I'm going to hope this pronounce this correctly. Janess you... Mills. Yes. Janess Mills. And I'm not sure if Janess is a, is a man she, or a speaking woman. Speaking of unique code, that's a unique name. I like that. Yes. It's a she, Dave? It's a she. Okay, so congratulations to Janess Mills. You have won uh, some great Winnipeg Jets merchandise courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. Dave M. will be in touch with you to make the necessary arrangements to get you the uh, your, your winnings for the Illegal Curve merchandise contest uh, in tonight's game. Now we have the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. I have as you t say the comment, well I pull it up on the screen if you if you can, sure. if you have it handy yeah. while I find it here in the chat. Yeah, I've got it. You're going to pull it up. We've got it. Uh, it's Chris Jets fan. Uh, a while back we went on a yeah. little bit of a, a rant there from back around 10.30. Uh, the comment is, no way, I'm not giving off any negative PLD vibes or energy. Only positive PLD resigns with Jets thoughts and talk. Jets Nation. Thoughts lead to things. I like that just because, you know, we talked a lot about PLD earlier, taking the interference penalty on Vince Dunn, then yeah, tying the game up in the third period. There you go. And then uh, obviously scoring the, the shootout winner after Shifley scored the, the first goal on that really nice deke. So like that comment from Chris Jets fan. So we're going to give him the tough duck, hardest hitting comment. So Chris Jets fan, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or you can slide into my DMs on uh, Twitter at ICSEG. And Tough Duck's going to sh ship out a toque to you. And it seems like every time we, you know, give out toques, it's right around when it's going to get colder. It's absolutely freezing. So that mild weather that we had the last three or four days is over. It's going to be uh, minus 30 again, unfortunately. So congrats, Chris. Put on your Tough Duck too, Chris. Congratulations. You are the Tough Duck. Hardest hitting comment for tonight's game. Uh, liars, whoever said Kenny and Rennie exactly. are gone. I'm looking at it right now. I see uh, Sean's handsome face uh, on my screen right now. So uh, Sean is clearly on. I don't know about Kenny, but Kenny and Rennie is I think just Sean's, underway. I think Sean's got a flu of some sort. That's what the that's what folks are seeming to indicate. Ah, bit of a malaise. He's playing Hurts. Is this like his uh, MJ flu game? Is that is that what's happening? I don't know. It looks like it. He's, okay. That's what the, that's what their chat is suggesting. So. Well, in any event, uh, we kept we kept it warming. We kept things warm for for Sean to get there, but yeah, he's he's now there. He's there, so you it's can time for IC to pass the torch to Kenny and Rennie. That's right. You can all head over to Kenny and Rennie, but before you do, we got to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post. Frosty show, Winnipeg, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. It's a great question. I haven't seen Frosty. Uh, I don't think I've seen him tonight. I don't think I've seen Doug tonight. for dinner. Valentine's Day. It could be. It is Valentine's Day. That's true. Yeah. You know, they might want to. He's a romantic Frosty Winnipeg. There he is. There he is. Oh no, Drew, Frosty's here. Ye of little faith. I, I was I actually going to say. 
I know where folks live, so I can just show up at their house now and be like, guys, what's going where on? You? Why, weren't you, why weren't you watching the show last night? A big thank you to, of course, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, where Sean McCumber is playing all week long. Uh, you can get your tickets, rumorscomedyclub.com. Uh, Linden Market Dental Center, our buddy Dr. Les Reich is there. Frank and Mar Amaro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. You see Dom Zappia in the chat all the time. Bethway, they're the official title sponsor of the post-game show. Big thanks to them. Tough Duck, we just gave away a take to Chris Jets fan. And stay tuned for next game where you too can win a toque. Our friends at Boston's Pizza Seagram's, they sponsor the shot of the game as he's going to swing back some fireball as a result. Rolly's transfer, they've got that piano off of Ezzy. You know that, so you need to use Rolly's as you need them for your moving needs. Grid Park for the best place to park and the keg for your uh, needs on a night out dining basis. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. We'll be back Thursday night. Well, I won't be. Dave and Ezzy will be driving the boat on Thursday night. The three of us will be back Saturday morning. and then We're going to be on a boat, Dave. Yes, you guys are going to do the show. No, that boat. I thought we were just going to do it here, but I think nope. we're going to be on yeah. a boat from the boat. Yeah, that's fine. Should it be like the uh, the re the River Rouge, or what do you want to do? Paddle wheel, get on that. No, find that paddle, paddle wheel, wheel queen. Snow bear, yeah. snow bear, snow bear. Is that is that that's, yeah. that's the brother like, of the hey, you know what, ice, ice fishing? No, yeah. you know what? Actually, what we should do is my we should reach out to our friends at. Hold on, I want to make sure I get their name right. You know, they're our good friends. Hold on, uno momento por favor, because not like the so show. We, so, so Drew, when Dave says good friends, he means people that don't even really know who we are. No, clue. no, no, they know who no we are. Clue. We 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 established a, a deep connection. Where yes. is he? At the, the Winnipeg ice, ice fishing, the show. ice fishing show. Winnipeg yeah. ice fishing show. That's correct. And hold on, right here, Red River Cats, our friends. Maybe we'll go. Maybe we could do the show on Saturday. Or wait, Drew, are you? Did you say you're not here on Saturday? I'm here on Saturday. Oh, on Thursday you're not here. Thursday I'm not here. Mm. Well, maybe we can call our friends at Redbird Cats and we can do the show. He did. He did say they've got the. I mean, they've got the uh, the great satellite internet, so might be an opportunity to do some ice fishing and uh, and the show remotely, if you will. There you go. Something to potentially look forward to in any and event. And hey, maybe we can bring Dustin Bufflin, who was recently yeah, spotted on the, on the ice. ice. He's coming and back, baby. He's, folks, there's a trade deadline folks, acquisition. Folks, folks love that. Such uh, a beauty. You know, so great I, to see Buff. I, I have to tell you, like, just sorry, and I know we've gone really long, but yeah. like, what it's actually insane. Like, whenever anybody like questions the, the, the connection people have to Dustin Bufflin, like, you post about him, and it is just an instant, like, a million, whatever you're doing. If it's on Instagram, it's a million likes. Like, I, honestly, we posted that picture that Andrew, and for folks who don't know, I would imagine most people do, but Andrew Ladd got Dustin Bufflin out to a, a, a charity hockey game in Arizona uh, this weekend. And he posted a, a photo saying, somehow got the big guy back on the ice. So we took that and we posted on the, we reposted on the Instagram, but it was crazy. Like, it's crazy how many likes it that instantly generates or on Twitter or on didn't it have like 2.3 thousand likes? Yeah, like it's just yeah. like it's it's. I, but I'm not joking. I knew it was crazy because I post on Instagram, and yeah. within like 15 minutes, it was like hundreds. And I was just like, so folks love love. I mean, well, Buff is the best. That's just the bottom line right there. Like people just people want to see Buff just doing just smiling and having fun, right? Like so. To your point, you could basically post a picture of Buff doing anything and. And thousands of people are going to like. Yeah, it. I just I, I think people are, are happy to see him. You know, uh, healthy. you know, do, healthy, doing yeah, well, having fun, enjoying life. And uh, yeah. hey, maybe we'll do this. My point was ultimately, we haven't heard him on a hockey podcast. We heard him on a fishing podcast, as 
but we haven't heard him on a hockey podcast. Maybe he'll come and do a show with you, myself, maybe Drew, uh, with our friends at Red River Cats. So we'll try and uh, see if we can swing that. Something to look forward to, the potential of that happening. But obviously, our next in action, Thursday night. So we can look forward to that Thursday night after the Jets and the Blue Jackets. And then again, Saturday morning. Big thanks to everyone for joining us on this Valentine's Day edition of the Illegal Curve postgame show. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. I choo-choo choose you, Drew. I choo-choo choose you too, Ezzy. Until <laughs> Thursday around 8.45 p.m., we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.